only ever had one school trip in my life. They took us to Castleton, which is a village somewhere out in Derbyshire. I think it's in Hope Valley. I don't know. We got a coach there, which when I was nine years old made me lose my actual shit. A week of no parents, no homework. I mean, that made you walk. A lot. And there were still teachers there, but at that age you felt like you were on Raven. We had ice creams on tap from this old guy at the ice cream parlour. I remember running up the market street with wooden toy cars to see how fast they made it down. Mine was the fastest, in case you were wondering. We went up to Peverell Castle and recreated the Battle of Wynne Hill with polystyrene boards and face paint. Yeah, God knows. There was meant to be this big campfire at the end where you'd all sit around and listen to ghost stories, but I never made it that far. God, that sounds morbid, doesn't it? I mean, I was pulled from the trip early because... Well, I, I don't really remember, to be honest. I think it was a family do, or, or maybe I got really homesick or something. A few of the kids did. For whatever reason, I hadn't been back since. Until today. It was one of those October weekends where the trees shudder and leaves cover every inch of pavement. To get here, we had to drive over all these winding country roads, and the car nearly flipped over in the wind. But it didn't seem to bother Mum. She rattled on about me needing a haircut and how lovely it was to have the day together and am I still seeing that lad from Brighton? Spoilers, I'm not. We paid a small fortune for parking and then joined the masses descending on the village for a big day out. The whole village smelled like fresh bread and we half expected the cast to call the midwife to come cycling down Market Street. Coming from the city to this was like another world. No one's in a rush here and everyone says hello when they pass you on the narrow streets. And you just feel like saying hi back. There's little local businesses that are untouched by the rest of the world, and all of a sudden 50 quid for a pair of walking boots doesn't seem like a big deal. And you start thinking, yeah, maybe I could do with a walking stick. I know I'm only 23, but this one is retractable. You could just whip it out at parties. No one else would have one. Mum drags me away from the walking stick idea and we press on. It's a little village school with one door for girls, one for boys, and the bus stops are just little wooden shacks. The tea rooms have hand-knitted pillows in the windows, and there's a cemetery glistening in Auburn and Burgundy in the midday light, the churchgoers ambling out in the droves. Tractors amble down the road, and honestly, no one honks at them. They're pulling trailers with hay bales, and kids are just sat on top. It's a straightforward village, but it's really easy to get lost in. The high street is staggered over three levels, and you'll start on one street at the post office, and end up in someone's driveway. It made for some sick games of hide and seek when we were younger. Back gardens feed onto farms, kids scrambled around throwing conkers at one another, and dad smiled wryly at each other, pushing wheelbarrows. Look, I got a pumpkin, alright? Mum needed some vegetables anyway, and she really wanted a picture of me holding one. Well, you can't say no, can you? The cobbles are worn and make this clip-clopping sound under your feet. The thresholds of the little shops creak as you walk in, and some of the older ones feel like they're going to give way right on top of you. The bookshops have nooks fitted under the stairs and the books are all piled in dusty stacks. The sweet shop sells everything by weight from the jars on the back wall and all the old sweets they used to have are still here. Brain liquors, bonbons and those aliens and the little eggs that give birth if you put one inside the other's head. Apparently. We amble down the street in single file and I have to keep avoiding people with my pumpkin that I now regret buying. The only mark of the modern world is a Texaco on the edge of the village filled with jeeps and farmers filling up oil cans. The buildings have all been at different times and have started to lean on each other over the years, but they all face onto the road and away from the cavern. Peak Cavern is the main draw of Castleton, 
It dominates the skyline as these two hills roll up to it on either side. No one knows how old it is or what drew people to settle next to it. But you can't stop looking at it. The clunky rockwork folding in on itself. The odd tree poking out here and there, growing beneath the cracks. And the winding path leading you up into total darkness. It's hypnotic. So the whole afternoon was one big nostalgia festival. Mum nodded politely and pretended to listen as I reeled off everywhere we went on our school trip, where one of the kids grazed his knee on the fountain and where one of the girls lost her earring down the river. The little stream starts somewhere at the base of the cavern and trickles down the wall and through the town, houses literally backing onto it. You have to follow the river to get up to the cavern and at some point you're on this really narrow path literally in people's gardens. The locals don't mind though. Probably the same way they don't mind a class of ten-year-olds terrorising the village once a year. They get on with the gardening, they chat to the dogs and don't even look at the cavern. But I can't stop staring at it. It's impressive, anyone would agree to that, but for me it's the crows that I can't stop watching. There's probably two dozen of them circling around the entrance, settling unevenly on those odd few trees and perches protruding from the cliffs. They peck and argue with each other for space, but they don't move. They were here last time as well. That's the part of the trip I blocked out. Mom points them out first. She asks me if these are the crows. You know, the ones I casually had nightmares about for weeks after the trip. So yeah, they're the crows alright. They gather overhead as we make the path, clutching to the cliffside for support. They watch. I wonder if they remember me. And if so, why are they here after all this time? Do birds normally do that? Maybe they're waiting for something. Just before we went in, Mum stopped me and asked if I was going to be okay. Do they ever stop worrying? She didn't press it, but she kept looking back at me as we bustled in. We idled around the first part, waiting for the ticket booth to free up, and the whole place seemed smaller than it did when I was younger. I know what you're thinking, and I don't mean in the kiddie way. I mean literally half of it was roped off. It definitely wasn't like that when we were kids. We could climb up all the rocks and everything. Well, maybe you weren't meant to, but you could. Mum sees me staring at the rocks and asks if I'm alright again. The queue snakes around a corner and the ceiling, uh, I don't know what it's technically called, but it droops down. It looks a bit rude to be honest. I think at some point the rock broke off and dropped right through because there's a hole in the rocks that goes right down. So far down, I can't see the bottom. And you can only get past the drooping ceiling one at a time, so I'm stuck next to the hole for a bit. And even though it's roped off, I start to feel cold. Like, really cold. But close as well. Like something's pressing in on me. And then this flush of heat ripples up my front. What is wrong with this cave? I look around for Mum, but she's on the other side of the rock. I tap her on the back. I need to get some air. And I'm moving. The light from the cavern entrance is bobbing in front of me, my feet are hardly keeping me up. People are moving apart from me, my head is swimming with a hundred voices at once. Feels like my ears have been cupped over, and I need to get out. The air outside is cool, and not the horrible cold like it was inside. I'm leaning on the wooden railing just as the path bends. People are looking at me as they're passing, and I think I freaked a couple of kids out. Mum's rubbing my back, scowling back inside the cavern. I'm leant over the rails and I can see that the river actually starts high up the wall at some point on the cavern, a spout erupting from a sizeable gap in the rocks. Mum makes sure I'm alright, 
disappeared for two minutes and then hands me a water bottle. She said it costed three quid from the shop and we both laugh. Feels nice. She asks if I think it was a panic attack, but I tell her I don't think so. It was just freaky. I look back up at the cavern and my stomach swells with that horrible feeling again. The crows circle overhead and they just make me feel dizzy again. I turn away and focus on the water. Mum tells me she was worried it might shake me up, that she wasn't sure if I remembered what happened or if I wanted to talk about it. I ask her, what happened? She tells me I was young when it happened and probably blocked it out. After all, I, I never mention it. I ask again, what happened? She said only two words, you fell. I fell. It hits me like a ton of bricks. She carries on talking, trying to figure out how old I was, but I'm already springboarded into the memory. I was here on the school trip and I was climbing on the rocks because it didn't used to be roped off. And I fell. There was a cave, I think. I fell into this little cave and there was this huge bird's nest. And someone else. There was someone else there. I asked mum if it was just me that fell. She reckons it is, but I definitely remember someone else in the cave with me. If I could have fallen down, surely another kid could have as well? We don't go back in after that. We go back down into the village, grab a couple of apple strudel lattes, and mum argues with the cashier about the minimum card spend. She says she got called by the teacher as soon as they got back to the hostel. I'd been messing around on the rocks while we were waiting to go in. I slipped and I fell. They tried reaching in for me and everyone was shouting my name, but the attendant managed to guide me out through a gap in the front of the cavern. They had to ferry me down because it was quite a big drop. Mum was in a state and she nearly crashed because she was speeding so quick to come get me. Apparently I was alright at first, but then the nightmares came. The nightmares, the crows, the cavern. I tried to focus on the cafe and the people, my mum, but I just couldn't shake it. I keep asking her if another kid fell down with me, but to the best of her knowledge, it was just me. So we begin the climb out of Castleton, and the bending, winding roads do nothing to help me feel better. The trees droop over the darkening roads and the leaves build up on the sides, making it feel like we're sailing up through a sea of auburn and maroon. Mum's talking about the roast we'll be having and how she's turned my room into the dog's room and, and I hear none of it. I'm staring at the trees and valleys but I'm not taking any of it in. The crows swirl around my head, the dripping of the cavern is ringing in my ears. And there's a voice too. It's not a real voice, I don't think. Just the way my head makes sense of it all. It sounds echoey and muffled, like it's been stuffed so far back in my head that it's having difficulty actually breaking through. And it sounds like it's saying, no, no, that's stupid. It sounds like it's shouting my name, alright? And I can't shake it. If I fell down the rocks, someone probably was shouting my name. But it must have been one of the teachers or my schoolmates or whoever fell down with me. Despite what my mum says, I'm convinced there was someone else there. Why it sounds so shaky and horrible, I don't know. But a week's worth of nightmares will do that to you. The voice feels like it's calling me back. I know it sounds weird, but the crows and the way I turned inside the cavern and this other kid I can't quite remember, it feels like something's missing. 
think I need to go back to get some closure. Maybe if I just see it all again when it's quiet, I can set my head straight. Monday morning rears its ugly head and mum drops me off at the station, thinking I'm going back to my flat. She insists on watching me go in, and I do genuinely go on to my own platform for home, but the voice keeps ringing around my head. It mixes in with the whistles of the trains and the rush hour traffic, and I'm helpless. The closest train station to Castleton is in Hope, and according to maps, it's about a 10 minute walk from there. The train is rammed with walkers going to Mamtor, and on my day off, I wish my head was clear enough to go there too, but there's something calling me back to the cavern, and a reason I need to go there. The walk ended up taking me closer to 20 minutes, and the village was a different place on Monday morning. The shopkeepers are gossiping and brushing down the front porches, grabbing multi-packs of water out of car boots. A beer van chugs its way down the high street, making slow progress through each of the pubs. The people filling up a Texaco look grumpy, and they're actually honking at their tractors now because they're in the way of their commute. The path still winds through people's garden, but people are staring at me now. This is a morning for maintenance, cleaning up after the weekend and getting ready for the next. This isn't like summer or Christmas when people are off work every day. This is one of those weird in-between seasons where it's the weekends that keep the village afloat and a young bloke walking through by himself, no walking gear, no dog, looks a bit shady. Even the staff at the cavern found it odd. I was the first customer of the day and I did ask about the roped off areas and if there's a chance to go get a closer look, all of a sudden I was an expert on rock formations, but they weren't having it. I idled by the entrance for a bit longer, apparently waiting for someone, and because I was hidden behind the drooping rock, I was covered. The staff started chatting again and the girl in the ticket office actually left to go make them all a brew. I saw my chance and took it. I duck under the ropes and lay flat on my front, edging as far as I could towards the gap in the rocks. If I could just shine my phone down the gap and get a good look, that should be enough. That should calm my head down, right? I wrangle my phone out and try and shine it down the hole so that I can see, but no one else can see the light. I see down the hole, and it looks like there's twigs and a bit of paper down there, but not much else. This was stupid. Look at me, I'm leaning over these rocks, looking like an idiot. But what was that? Something moved. Something definitely moved. There isn't a breeze or anything, the twigs and all that are still there. It was something else. I can't call out or flash my light anymore, so I just lean further, trying to get a good look. And I slip down the rocks and through the hole. Well, mostly, my legs are still on the top side. The rocks are pinching at my waist and I just dangle aimlessly, trying to reach my phone. The torch is tipped onto its side. I wriggle and try and wedge myself out, but it's no good. I'm stuck. I think about shouting, but I'm not even sure anyone would hear me with my head stuck in this cave. I just have to wait until she comes back and sees my legs sticking out. I realise that my phone is shining on something. Twigs and leaves. It's a nest. Of course it is, I remember the nest. There was this massive bird's nest in here, and... Hands. I remember some hands grabbing onto me. People trying to pull me back up. No, no, no. They must have been the other kid. We didn't have torches or anything. We would have both just scrambled around in the dark trying to find each other and the sound of my name being called reverberates through my head again. But no one knows my name this time around. No one knows I'm here. 
No one is going to call for me. And for that reason, now I'm going to die here. My side kills and I wriggle to try and get more comfortable. And that does it. I slip through the gap and my face hits the cold stone. Ow. It takes a few seconds for me to come around, but at least it knocked the voice out of my head. My thighs are grazed and my face is covered in dirt, but at least I'm out. I grab my phone and look around. There's rags down here, plastic bottles that people have thrown down and bird droppings. Lots of them. Now that I'm next to it, I realise how big this bird's nest is. Like, really big. You know how things are usually smaller when you remember them as a kid? This is the opposite. Do you remember how I said the river started somewhere in the cavern wall and went down into the village? Well, this is where it starts. There's a firm trickling of water in its own rut that's running down the cave and off out. It looks like I'm at the beginning of a tunnel. I look round it and... and... Did something just move? No, of course it didn't. My eyes are just adjusting to the dark. So I look down the tunnel and there's more rocks and rags and bird crap and if you followed it for long enough it'd probably lead you out into the cavern. But it's the other side that I'm more interested in. There's sunlight peeking through the gap in some of the rocks and I remember it now. That's how I got out before, it must have been. I followed the water, moved the rocks and climbed down to where the river is. We, sorry. That's how we got out. Because I'm still sure there was someone else with me. After all, who else's hands would have been grabbing me? I have to duck right down to get to the end of the tunnel and start loosening the rocks. They're wedged in tightly, as though someone had stacked them here. Were they like this the first time I came down? I've loosened a few of them and throw them aside when I hear something behind me. Something damp, scraping and methodic. Footsteps. I barely have time to turn around when a pair of hands grab me from behind and pull me back down. I start scrambling on the floor, trying to stand up, but there's something pressing on my stomach. Not feet. It feels more like claws. Two massive claws. I shield my eyes because more claws are thrashing up my face. In the glimpses I do get, two wings are flapping over me and something like a beak is screeching in my face. With one hand I cover my face and while my whole body tries to roll over, my left hand tries to grab something, a, a rock, anything. It meets a branch and in the heat of the moment I rip it from the wall. I wade the branch around frantically and wrestle the thing off me with it. I thrash it again and again, and in the narrow light I see the thing stagger back. I've got seconds until it attacks again. I turn back to the wall and start pulling out stones two at a time. The light is streaming in now, behind me I hear a horrible screech, and my brain slices because it knows that sound. The one from my nightmares. The one the crows make. More stones, and I make a gap big enough for me. I feel a pair of claws latch onto my shoulders again, but I whip around with the branch and throw it back. It slips on the rocks and covers its face, its beak. It doesn't like the light, it's in pain. And it keeps making that horrible noise at me, the noise that sounds like... No, no, I can't think about it. I remember that noise from all those sleepless nights when I was younger. I am living my own nightmare. I turn back to the rocks and dive through the gap, falling down a few meters and landing squarely on the wet rocks and stones near the river. My body kills, my bones ache, but I scramble up and turn back to the gap, ready for it to dive out of me. But it doesn't. I could hear it scuttling round in there and wailing, but it doesn't come out. I was wrong. I hadn't remembered all of it. The first time I fell down, it wasn't another kid down here with me. 
It was this thing. They weren't hands grabbing me. They were its claws. It was like a crow, but the size of a man. It was ugly and it was bent over from the cave, but it remembered me. And when everyone called down from me, shouting my name over and over, it learned. And when I fell down again, it remembered me. And the noise it was making, the sound of my nightmares from all those years ago, was my name. It was calling out my name. <laughs>